Welcome to the Mass Device Fast Five MedTech News Podcast, the show that keeps you up to date on the latest breakthroughs in medical technology with the top five news stories to get your day started. Today is June 15th. I'm your host, Danielle Kirsch, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Sean Hooley. Today, we're going to talk about a study that backs Philips direct-to-angio stroke pathway, Cala Health launching a next-gen wearable for Parkinson's therapy, StatHealth's in-ear wearable that measures blood flow, and more. First, how are you doing today, Sean? We have a lot of wearables news today, but it all sounds very interesting. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm doing well, and it's it's definitely a sign of where medtech is going with all the wearable and sort of miniature technologies and just making things easier and more efficient while still effective. So I'm excited to get into those. Definitely. Let's not make the listeners wait any longer. What's the first thing that we should know for today? The first thing is that the FDA approved a new endologics peripheral arterial disease treatment. So it looks like a new approach to the treatment of this type of peripheral artery disease and an innovative one at that. Yeah, it sounds like this is a significant milestone in addressing this prevalent condition. What is that detour system? So DETOR is a system that enables percutaneous transmural arterial bypass therapy. Under fluoroscopic guidance, the DETOR system creates femoropopliteal bypass routed through the femoral vein, delivering unobstructed flow from the superficial femoral artery, SFA, to the popliteal artery. And how does it change the approach to this type of procedure? So the present recommended therapy is open surgical bypass, which is an invasive procedure. This approach, percutaneous transmural arterial bypass, or PTAB, treats complex peripheral artery disease by allowing physicians to bypass lesions in the superficial femoral artery by using stents routed through the vein to restore blood flow to the leg. So it's clearly a different approach from open surgical bypass and potentially just as effective or more effective. Peripheral arterial disease affects millions of people worldwide, and this approval sounds like it provides healthcare providers with this new option to improve patient outcomes. But who exactly is this device most suitable for? Endologic suggested that the approach is particularly effective for patients with long lesions, which measure from 20 centimeters to 46 in length, patients that have already undergone failed end vascular procedures, or patients that may be suboptimal candidates for open surgical bypass. All right. Looks like we have some more catheter-related news today. Yep. And another FDA clearance. The agency cleared the Pounce LP, the low-profile thrombectomy system from Sermotic. So a new approval for the Pounce product family designed for the surgical removal of thrombi and emboli from the peripheral arterial vasculature. And what is that Pounce LP thrombectomy system? Pounce LP is a new addition to the platform, and it treats vessels between 2 millimeters and 4 millimeters in diameter. So these sizes represent vessels that are typically found below the knee, so it opens up a new sort of pathway for the Pounce product family. And the system itself has three components, a delivery catheter, a basket wire, and a funnel catheter. And what are executives saying? So Gary Maharaj, the president and CEO, said that the company is excited as by expanding the treatment range of the Pounce platform, the company is addressing tibial clots, an important component of the treatment in the vulnerable patient population. So potentially this could fill a gap in care that obviously hasn't been filled before. It sounds like this could be a valuable tool for rapid and effective clot removal to potentially reduce these long-term complications associated with thrombotic events. When does the company expect to initiate a limited market evaluation? Somatics expects to initiate a limited market evaluation for Pounce LP by the end of December 2023. It said by the end of that fiscal quarter. 
It plans for its commercialization of the platform to follow the completion of that evaluation. So we're still, you know, at least six months away from anything hitting the market, but the company wants to cover all bases with its evaluation first. Now, let's move on to some of that wearables news that we teased a little bit earlier. Right. So Stat Health launched an in-ear wearable that measures blood flow. So a new innovative device that could help us to understand symptoms like dizziness, brain fog, headaches, fainting, and fatigue upon standing, which, you know, is a timely thing as those are common symptoms of long COVID as well as other conditions. But long COVID has been certainly something that we've had our eyes on for the past couple of years. So the in-ear aspect of this wearable was what really drew me into it. I mean, you don't really hear pun unintended about wearable technology like this that much. So first, let's dive into the technology a little bit more. How does the wearable measure blood flow? Well, it uses advanced optical sensors, an accelerometer, a pressure sensor, and temperature sensors, plus AI edge computing. So a lot of different technology boiled into one tiny little wearable. It also has a multi-day battery life and a micro solar panel. So potentially you wouldn't even have to charge the battery if the solar panel is able to absorb enough energy. All this in the form of an earpiece auto detects a user's every stand to track how heart rate, blood pressure, and blood flow to the head change in response to that standing action distills it all into an up score, as it's called, to track time spent upright. And then the flow score helps users pace their recovery by watching for blood flow abnormalities. And the device is able to learn about each user's unique body to provide personalized coaching for healthy lifestyle choices. The micro solar panel aspect of this device was also really interesting to me. The fact that you could charge this device while wearing it using this renewable energy and just having a tiny solar panel in your ear sounds really interesting to me. But why the ear? Well, Stat Health said that using an optical sensor rather than ultrasound fits the technology into a wearable form factor. And by putting it in the ear, it can tap into a shallow artery in the ear that measures proxy to ultrasound-derived cerebral blood flow. So I'd imagine, you know, being that close to the brain, that's the best way to, I guess, tap into where that blood is going in the brain. But it's definitely something we haven't come across. Definitely. And obviously, this is some exciting technology. Are executives at the company excited? Definitely. Daniel Lee, the co-founder and CEO of Stat Health, said it's well understood that the ear is a biometric goldmine because of its close proximity to the brain and major arteries. So this allows for new biometrics like blood flow to the head and blood pressure trends to be possible to measure. And in addition, the ear is largely isolated from data corruption caused by arm motion, a problem that plagues current wearables and prevents them from monitoring heart metrics during many daily tasks. So the ear is the ideal window, he said, into the brain and the heart. It looks like we have some more wearable news from a company that we're personally familiar with from covering before on this podcast. That's right. Cala launched its next generation wearable for essential tremor and Parkinson's therapy. So like you said, more wearable news and in this case, uh, next gen technology for neurological diseases. And what is that device that they launched? It's a wrist-worn wearable that measures each patient's unique tremor physiology and individualizes a stimulation pattern for tremor relief. It's called the Kala KIQ. And the company said that it designed the system for ease of use for patients and easy management for clinicians. It's got online data insights through a patient portal and enables patients to see therapy sessions over time, results that they can share with providers and adjust treatment plans as they go. How does it work? Well, like the established Calatrio device, it delivers transcutaneous afferent pattern stimulation or TAPS therapy. It provides therapy for action hand tremor relief in those with essential tremor and Parkinson's disease. 
this usually occurs when a patient undergoes intentional movement or posture. This kind of wearable technology represents a significant advance in non-invasive treatment options, especially for people who are living with these essential tremors and Parkinson's because this kind of wearable technology that alleviates those motor impairments offers a promising non-pharmacological approach to the symptom management of these conditions to potentially enhance the quality of life for patients. How does this technology differ from the gold standard treatment methods for these conditions? Well, according to Cala, treatment for these conditions historically came through medications or even surgery. So Cala KIQ is a non-invasive, non-pharmacologic solution with minimal side effects. Effectively, what they're saying is it's not a drug and doesn't require the surgery that's usually required in severe cases. So on the surface, certainly looks like an easier option than surgery and potentially less side effects than, than a drug would have. And it looks like the final story on our docket for today is the results of a study from Philips. That's right. A study supported Philips direct to angio stroke pathway. So using the company's image guided therapy, we could see cost savings and effective outcomes, according to Philips. And what did that study look at exactly? It looked at data from the controlled single center AngioCat clinical trial that evaluated whether bringing stroke patients directly to the angio suite improved their outcomes. It included some technologies, including Philips. Zurion image guided therapy system that uses cone beam CT imaging. And what were some of those key data points from that study? So the data demonstrated that the company's approach to stroke care reduced costs by an average of $3,120 per patient, which is no small sum. The study also showed that through this stroke care pathway, patients can transfer to the dedicated angio suite immediately after admission and clinicians can make a diagnosis and intervene on the spot, saving time and also money because the health economics analysis indicated that a positive return on investment for the suite can come in only a few years. And how does that CT system work to provide all of those benefits for the patients that you previously mentioned? So Philips cone beam CT uses a cone-shaped beam of x-rays and a flat panel detector mounted on a C-arm gantry, capturing multiple images from different angles to reconstruct 3D images of the brain that can rule out intracranial hemorrhages and identify large vessel occlusions that account for roughly a quarter to half of acute ischemic strokes. So a really innovative device that uses all sorts of different imaging and therapy technologies and combined into one platform. Well, that's all we have for today. Thank you again for all of your reporting throughout the day and coming on and giving us your insights and even holding down the fort yesterday when I was out. My pleasure. As always, read more on the Mass Device website. Check out our show notes at massdevice.com slash podcast. Connect with us online. I'm on LinkedIn at Danielle Kirsch. That's K-I-R-S-H. And I'm on Twitter at Danielle underscore Kirsch. Where can our listeners find you, Sean? You can find me on LinkedIn, Sean, S-E-A-N, Hooley, W-H-O-O-L-E-Y. Subscribe to the Mass Device Fast Five wherever you listen to podcasts and share this episode. Join us Friday for your daily MedTech News Roundup. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.